What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Today, I wanted to illustrate an idea that leads to us talking about growth and fixed mindsets. If you are familiar with Carol Dweck's work on mindsets, her book, Mindset, you will be familiar with this concept. And I'll go into how I relate to this and how you can apply this in your life to be more than what you are today or not. It's up to you. At the end of every episode that I record, I have to name the file. And the naming convention that I tend to use requires the use of underlines or underscore between the words, the one right next to the zero key. And this comes from an old school understanding of how computers treat spaces between words, which are usually replaced by percentage signs or something else. So instead of having to confuse the computer, I've had this habit of using an underline key. So it's the underline stop underline syncing underline show. And then my name and the episode number. And all these things have a space occupied by the underline joining them. The underscore joining them. Now that's besides the point. The point is that I don't use this convention often except for when naming files. And with many people not having underscores in their emails anymore, the underscore key rarely gets used. So what happens? Almost every time I go to name the file at the end of my recording, I mess it up. There's a typo, I miss the key, and I have to delete, hit backspace, and fix it. And it slows me down. And as someone who takes pride in typing fast, I find myself not looking forward to this process because it slows me down unnecessarily. But it really is all because I just don't have enough practice hitting that key. It doesn't get used as much as the E in the alphabet or a T, which got me to thinking about typing. When was the last time you taught yourself how to type? About a couple years ago, around the time I bought a new gaming keyboard, I decided to reteach myself how to type again using a concept called touch typing where each finger is dedicated to a certain group of keys to minimize the reaching for other keys, which in theory should increase speed and accuracy. I decided to treat the keyboard like an instrument to learn and started to work on my dexterity. And it was hard at first because I have had built-in habits from years of typing. Typing is not new to me. I've been doing it since I was a child. I used to reach for the B key with the right hand index finger when it's supposed to be dedicated to the left hand index finger. All of this stuff took reprogramming and years of practice of doing something will groove in those patterns and it takes conscious effort to change it. That's why building good habits when you're learning something new is better than having to relearn and rebuild over the bad habits that you have learned. So why am I saying all this? Because here's what I didn't do. I didn't tell myself I'm just a bad typer or I am stuck at 120 words per minute because of years of history. I assumed there were things I didn't know, things I hadn't consciously practiced, and I didn't discount the fact that I could actually spend the time and get better at something, even something as mundane and as taken for granted as typing. Again, when was the last time you taught yourself how to type? There are several free programs and games online for you to get better, but when's the last time you actually did it? Chances are you probably just considered where you are with typing to be your now default maximum best 
and have never spent any time thinking that it's actually something that can be improved. And then my next question to you will be, how many other things in your life are like this? Where you have just accepted that you have reached being as good as you will ever be at it. I took my typing from 120 words per minute to well over 160 and even 180 at times with certain words. And of course, I didn't practice the symbols like the comma and period and underscore and dash as much as I did the letters. So I make more mistakes and they slow me down more than the other words. But again, I don't tell myself it's because I'm bad at typing or it's the underlying key's fault or whatever. I accept that I just haven't practiced it enough. And in the next season where I find it most relevant, I will spend the time to do so. The point I want you to take home is, how do you actually expect to be good at something if you haven't actually set a focus to get better at it? And so how much of what you accept yourself today as is just under-attended, underdeveloped things that can easily move to better if you just spent conscious energy? Do you believe that improvement is actually possible? Or is your acceptance muscle much more exercised and much stronger than your ambition muscle? This is what separates a fixed and a growth mindset. And many of us have fixed mindsets about things we don't even realize we have fixed mindsets about. And it's not a binary thing. You aren't fully a growth mindset person or fully a fixed mindset person. Chances are you apply growth mindset to some aspects of your life and other aspects of your life like typing or musical ability or technical ability or fill-in-the-blank ability, these other aspects you accept that you have a fixed ability in or that you are as good as you are ever going to get at it. It's just how you are or how you've been for so long, so you take it for granted that you can actually improve in these certain realms. But the only thing missing in you improving that is the application of that growth mindset that you bring to other things and now consciously apply to make something else that you thought was fixed better. And fixed mindsets can be sneaky and populate parts of your personality even that you take for granted. Having a fixed mindset can permeate into many different parts of you that you don't even realize are being held back because you accepted them as they are and as you are. You aren't an angry person. You aren't forgetful. You aren't impulsive. You aren't somebody that can't stick with it. You aren't an introvert. You aren't an extrovert. You aren't any of these things. You've just seen yourself play these patterns out so long that you have, again, have accepted that these are static parts of you. And sure, evidence is important to gauge where we have stood and where we stand currently, but where you have been does not determine where you will go. And if you accept that as a notion as well, you are and can be any of these things and beyond. Nothing has the ability to box you in except for your own personally set governor or limiter. If you accept it to be true, then it is true. As true as anything can ever be true for you. But that can also be shifted with a shift in belief. And then from the seed of that belief and followed up effort from that belief, you can witness yourself break all the patterns you know yourself for. And this is scary for most people because they don't want to discover their own power or accept how much power they actually have. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. 
It is us entertaining the idea that there is no upper limit to what we can achieve that scares us the most. Because that would force us to take a hard look at our sad realities and have to take ownership and accountability for not being where we can be. It's much easier to victimize yourself by believing that you have been gifted with less or have less ability or less talent than someone else and that somehow justifies your less than position. And this is a huge downfall factor for fixed mindset people that shows up in your personality. I have a lot of friends who are judgmental as soon as they meet someone or as soon as I send them a podcast or a video or an article or a book, they will immediately filter the content through their own context of their fixed mindset life and many times completely dismiss the idea or dismiss the education or information because of the source of where it's coming from. This is why when I often say quotes, I don't attribute it to the person who said it. Because I have seen too often the messenger get in the way of the message. And you can learn something from anyone. And it doesn't matter what their politics are. Even the person you think on the other side or anyone that you have harsh judgments against, you can learn something from. Now what's really happening in their judgment, I suspect, is that their ego gets involved. They see this person who is delivering this piece of content or the person they just met and they see them as an adversary, as competition, and in a way to not feel bad about themselves because this person might be better than them in some regard or more successful than them in some regard or more confident than them in their presence or have more accomplished even though they believe that they are all these things already but this other person has accomplished them and that wakes them up to some harsh reality, whatever have you. Because in a way to not feel bad about these things, because just being around that person triggers it, or listening to that person triggers it, they will dismiss the person altogether. They will say, I am better than this person. That the person is an idiot, or they got lucky, or they had advantages, or whatever story that helps support the preservation of the superiority of their own identity. And all this relates deeply to their fixed mindsets. The person reminds them of their own inadequacy. And your judgments tell you more about you and your own story than it does about the other person. But because the very idea of someone being more than them threatens them, because it threatens the part of them that they believe is given, is static and is fixed and is somehow less than this other person. So then they feel the need to overcompensate for this lessness by acting like they are more or by dismissing the person as if they don't know as much as them, or that they got lucky. A fixed mindset person very rarely looks at someone else better than them as a source of inspiration, because they don't look at them and say, wow, here are things I like about this person, and I'm going to practice these qualities so I can improve myself in this way as well. Fixed mindset people don't allow themselves to be mentored or to be reached because their energy is blocked up and spent protecting themselves and their priceless little egos. At least in these areas where they don't accept growth in. Again, it's not binary. You might just be applying this fixed mindset to one part of your life that is staying rigid and not growing as much as it can. Applying a growth mindset opens up an entirely different world altogether for you in that area of life. And the effect is almost instant. Just the mere accepting inside of you that growth is possible, it softens the grip 
that you have on what you think you know and softens your eyes towards other people who you think are better than you and actually allows for the traffic to flow in from them and flow in from everywhere to help you in your mission to improve and grow because you believe you can. Just a shift in accepting that something about you is not fixed will begin a journey of growth and will take you places you never imagined. But don't be deluded. I will never say that just because you think you can be better means you can be the best. Just because you can't dribble a ball today doesn't mean that if you accept that you can be better, that you will be better than LeBron James or play guitar better than David Gilmore. That's not the point. A growth mindset does not deny excellence or that some people are actually born with more talent or have nurtured that talent longer. Time has a factor. A growth mindset does not mean you will be better than anyone else. It just means that you will be better than you are today. And that better you in that facet, combined with all the other uniqueness about you, will result in a unique expression that cannot be matched or competed with. You are a lot of different things. And how all those things interplay makes the most beautiful creations that only can come through you. So just because you won't be the best guitar player doesn't mean your own unique approach to it with the backdrop of everything else that is you does not create the most impactful art. But without accepting that you can actually grow, you stunt all of this. You create blockages in what is trying to come through you because you have accepted your own limitations. And again, it does not mean that you cannot be successful having a fixed mindset. I have friends who are very financially set and have fixed mindsets. But like everything else in life, the most haunting question is, what else could they have been or can be? And that haunting question will always haunt you unless you try and meet your potential somewhere out there, always somewhere out there in the unknown, unchartered territory. The problem with fixed mindsets is that they are based off of a version of a story that you have told yourself about you. You have an idea about yourself. And what makes you so sure that that is the right idea? How do you know that you have really sized yourself up adequately and have assigned yourself proper value of capability in this regard? The whole presupposition your fixedness relies on could be flawed. Or even just entertaining this, that your story could be wrong, might shift you into a growth mindset. At least entertain that you might not be fixed at the level you think you're fixed at. Maybe there's levels to go. Who knows how many more levels you can go? Even you don't. And that's the entire idea. You are here to grow. It's the only thing you are here for. Even as a requirement by your ego. Ego standing for embedded growth obligation. If it doesn't grow, it turns toxic. But growth does not happen automatically. It is chosen. Growth is optional. So choose wisely. Love you, family. Stay true always. See you on the next show.